0: Welcome to mini episode 86 of Real Life Ghost Stories To kick things off this week We need to thank our newest Patreon subscribers I would like to thank Crystal Smith Ray Houghton Amy Fogarty Green Queen Astrid Jones Christina Ramos Paige Levesque Jessica Callahan, Eliza Topless Catherine Lucas Kay McPeak Amy Sherman, Lindsay Kolbeck, Ginger Chastain Connerman, LZRN2006, Jessica Skye, Jennifer Lindsay, Jordan Tyler, and Shelby Jasna. Thank you so much for being our Patreon subscribers. I am so thankful for you every single day. And I have three listener stories for you today. And the last story comes from August the 14th, 2020. And story number one comes from Mary. I've always been sensitive to the paranormal. My godmother has told me that this gene runs in our family. My first story is short, but it means a lot to me. I had three guardian angels who have watched over me for many years. I believe I have four now, but more on this later. I have a really complicated medical history that is not normal for somebody my age. I have survived a couple of things that should have killed me, and I think I have my guardian angels to thank. I'm pretty sure my grandmother, great aunt, and great uncle were the original three. All three of these people meant so much to me in different ways, and I'm grateful they are still with me. I have never met my maternal grandmother, Mary Jo, whom I am named after, because she died two years before I was born. I have always been told that I am exactly like her, which makes me feel even more heartbroken that I was never able to know her. I have always felt a strong connection to her, which is why these interactions are so important to me. I never met her, but I feel safe because I know she is with me. I first started to notice my three angels when my daughter was born. We had a video baby monitor with sound capabilities. Sometimes she would wake up crying in the middle of the night, so I would look at the monitor to check on her. Occasionally she would stop crying and start talking to the darkness. I would never see anything in the room with her, but I knew there was someone there with her. I know this sounds scary as hell, but it really wasn't. I could feel the love this person had for my daughter, and it was very comforting to me and my daughter. One Christmas I was able to catch my angels on camera. I was videoing my son pulling up on his basket of toys when I saw three orbs come flying through the picture. My mom was sitting right next to me while I was filming and did not see any lights or bugs in the room. Also, I did not alter the video in any way. I wouldn't even know how to do that in the first place. Fast forward a couple of years. It was the first Christmas after my Aunt Mary passed away. She was very important to me growing up, almost like a grandmother I was never able to have. Remember how I said I had three angels? Well, I took a picture of my kids and I caught four orbs. Again, this picture has not been altered in any way, nor were there any extra lights or bugs in the room. These photos are everything to me. My husband used to be creeped out by the random things that would happen around the house, but he has gotten used to it. The angels know that they will always be welcome in our house. Unfortunately, my second story is not as warm and cosy. A couple of summers ago, I had a girls weekend with two friends in Fort Worth in Texas. We decided to stay at Miss Molly's Hotel, which is one of the most haunted hotels in Fort Worth. And I can tell you this was hands down the scariest night of my life. Miss Molly's has a very interesting history. It was established as a boarding house in 1910 and called the Palace Rooms. It went through the Prohibition period being called the Oasis and later as a bordello in the 1940s when it was called the Gayat Hotel. Miss Molly's is just old enough to have caught a glimpse of the Wild West and all of the time period of America's speakeasy and bordello days. I could feel the heaviness of the air as soon as we walked in the door. As we were walking up the stairs, I was hit with a thick cloud of cigarette smoke. I was not excited about this because smoke gives me a terrible headache. When I complained about it, my friends looked at me like I was crazy. They didn't smell anything. Weird. It eventually went away, however, I encountered that smell a couple of more times throughout our stay. The hotel is very dark, so I had to have the flash on for every picture I took during the stay. Like before, I can swear that the photos have not been altered or messed with in any way. My two friends who were with me would swear to the same thing. We reviewed the pictures in live time. I always take more than one picture because I want to be able to check for the possibility of interference and see if I can debunk something. I have no explanation for the pictures or the experiences that I had that night. While we were sitting in the living room talking with the innkeeper... I decided to start taking pictures on my phone to see if I could catch anything. I noticed right away that the first picture I took came out fuzzy. I made sure to have my flash on since it was pretty dark. It was almost as if the flash was bouncing off something. I took a few more and they all looked the same. All of a sudden whatever was in front of my camera disappeared and I was able to take a clear shot of the hallway. The haze was gone. There was also times where I would take a picture and it would come out dark even though my flash was going off. It was as if something was absorbing all of the light. After a couple of pictures whatever was in front of the camera moved and I was able to get a clear shot. One of my two friends decided to take a picture of me with my other friend and the innkeeper. She took the picture and screamed. She told us there was an orb above our heads so my friends decided to point at it for the second picture but it was gone. Later, we decided to explore the other rooms of the hotel. We split up and I started taking pictures of everything. I came across this really cool old looking chest. I tried to take a picture of it, but the flash wouldn't light it up, so I took a couple more. The flash was going off, but the chest would not light up. It was exactly like the dark hallway experience. Unfortunately, I don't have pictures to document the most terrifying part of the night. The three of us stayed in the same room. One of my friends shared the bed with me and the other slept on a rollaway which was located across the room. My friend who was sleeping on the rollaway fell asleep super early. She later told us that she felt like she was forced to fall asleep. She said she could hear us talking and no matter how hard she tried she could not wake up. Before we went to sleep I made sure to lock the bedroom door. It's important to note that the hotel is old, so the floors are really squeaky. You can hear if anyone is walking around. It's also important to note that we were the only guests in the hotel. The other rooms were empty, so it was just the three of us, the innkeeper and her adorable dog. Well, shit started to hit the fan when we turned out the lights to go sleep. I was laying on my back, with my legs straight out in front of me, talking with my friend when all of a sudden I felt something pinch my big toe. I stopped mid-sentence, my face frozen in terror. My friend asked me what was wrong, but I couldn't answer. I thought I must have imagined it. There was no way something actually could have pinched my toe. I looked over at my friend on the rollaway, but she was sound asleep. The door was closed, so I knew no one had come into the room, and I was talking with my other friend, so it couldn't have been her. I let it go thinking my mind was playing tricks on me. But then it happened again. Something definitely pinched my big toe. It happened a few more times before I finally said fuck this and I shoved my feet under my friend's butt. As we were laying there talking hysterically about what had just happened to me, we both heard the door to the room make a loud click. There was no way in hell we were going to get up to explore what just happened to me, so we just laid there. We didn't hear anything else, meaning we didn't hear any footsteps around the room or outside the door, nor did the door open. The only sound we heard was the door clicking. My friend and I stayed awake all night, too afraid to fall asleep. In the morning I went to unlock the door. However, it was already unlocked. I know for a fact that I locked the door before we went to sleep so it was strange that it wasn't locked when we woke up. Then I remembered the clicking sound we heard. It was the door unlocking. We are certain the innkeeper did not unlock our door because we would have heard our footsteps on the old floor. I went to take a shower while my friends packed up their stuff. The bathroom was absolutely beautiful. I was excited to take a shower because it had a gorgeous clawfoot tub, which is something I have always wanted in my own house. As soon as I stepped in the shower, I had this strong, uneasy feeling of being watched, followed by a cloud of cigarette smoke. I knew I was alone, but I didn't feel alone. So much for enjoying the tub. As we were leaving the hotel, I had a very strong urge to take a few more pictures. When I did, I saw this weird white blob on the floor in the middle of two bedroom doors. As the picture was taken... I saw the white blob grow into the tall white form that is seen in the picture. Seriously, it happened as the shutter was closing. I fucking saw it grow before my eyes, and the next second it was gone. I have no idea what it was, and we didn't want to stay to try and figure it out. I have not experienced anything of this magnitude since this trip, and it was by far the scariest thing I have ever experienced. So all of the pictures that Mary took are on the Facebook page, they're on the Instagram, and I will also post them on Patreon so that you can have a look at them. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which... $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full turns at mintmobile.com. And story number two comes from Kirsten. I said to Story back in February about experiences we've had in our house since our daughter was born. As a reminder, one of the incidents was her saying, Opa, Opa, and recognizing my husband's grandfather in a picture later. Well, nothing really major of note has happened until recently. We've heard the odd unexplainable noises. My husband swears he feels watched at night if he's alone somewhere in the house. My name was called very distinctly and loudly one night a while back that sounded just like my dad's voice, which made me jump out of my skin and have to search the whole house. He's okay and definitely wasn't there, so understandably creepy. But two nights ago well my husband is part of a live play Dungeons and Dragons podcast it's called Improvised Weapons and all players are improvisers he hates that I'm not good at marketing things we do so there I plugged it he was downstairs recording in the basement and I was trying to get our little one to bed she's potty trained so asked to go to the potty before bed i.e. she was trying to put off going to bed I'm not going to discourage any potty, even if it's a ploy to stay up, so I told her to go and try and I'd be right up to help her. Her potty lives in the playroom, which is also my office, because she hates being interrupted at playtime. Parents gotta do what parents gotta do. So she wanders into the playroom, and I finish doing a few things in her room to prep for bed. I go and see if she needs help, and she says, There was somebody there, pointing to our back door right off the room. Now this leads to our back porch and the main door is usually open with the screen door shut in the summer so we can enjoy fresh air The screen door to both the house and the porch are loud and very distinct I heard neither of these open and shut so I immediately knew something weird was up This is pretty much word for word the rest of our conversation to the best of my recollection There was somebody out on the porch? I asked Yes, she responded. And just to remind you, she is two and a half. It's Spider-Man. Okay, now she is obsessed with Spider-Man and all superheroes, so this could have been pretend, I realise. But it's weird. And still gets weirder as I ask more questions. My main fear is that someone had tried to come into the house to rob it, saw her, and turned and booked it. Did it look more like a man or a woman, I ask? A man, she said. And they looked like Spider-Man. She nodded. How so? His face looked like Spider-Man, she says. Okay, I say, like wearing a mask. Definitely thinking potential robber at this point. What colour was the mask? Red. And his eyes were white like Spider-Man's mask, I asked. No, she said, suddenly looking very serious. They were black. A literal chill ran down my spine, but I stay mom calm and say, oh okay, and what was he doing? He came in to look at that. She pointed to a picture of Wolfman and Betty Page that I have on my wall. I asked her what happened next. He told me he was going home and he went out. I asked her if she asked him to leave and she said that she did and I told her she had done a good job. I took her onto the porch with our dog just to check around, and of course see if the dog will give us any indication that someone was out there. As we let him into the yard, my kiddo looks at me and said, He and the little girl went home. They're happy. I hope you enjoyed this latest interesting episode of my life. I did confirm with her that yes, there was a little girl with the Spider-Man guy when they were going home. Super weird, right? My friend who is a sensitive herself is certain that my kid is sensitive. It wouldn't be too surprising, I guess, because I am to some degree. I have many stories that I'll send in someday too. I think my mom might also be if she had a dream that told her her father had passed away, so maybe it runs in the family. And story number three comes from Francesca. When I was five, we moved to the US, and it was a culture shock to say the least. My parents are from Sweden and Mexico and I was born in South America. We were definitely the new, quirky, foreign neighbours in a predominantly older, retired, white neighbourhood. My parents still travelled significantly back to their home countries or elsewhere for work, etc. So we had a full-time nanny or a guardian who would live with us who had accompanied our family from when we lived in Mexico. We can call her Sarah and she is awesome. She is definitely still close to me even though I am now in my 30s. Our house was a really beautiful home built initially in the 60s. It overlooked the picturesque Long Island Sound and had large picture windows with a view that I sadly took for granted as a kid. Each new owner of the house would seek to expand the structure but did not want to interrupt the view. Over time the house became fairly long and skinny. Weird things started happening as soon as we moved in. My parents started arguing more and eventually separated when I was 16-ish. The fights that they would have would resonate throughout the entire house and would often lead to my sister and I sneaking into each other's rooms for support. It was tough. Even though the house was filled with light, there was a weird, uncomfortable feeling that would permeate and I never felt truly happy there. My room was on the second floor and at the very end of one side of the house. I had a big window on one wall but nothing on the exterior wall. For years I would hear this wild and loud scratching on the windowless wall like a tree branch scratching furiously in a hurricane. But it would often happen when there was no storm and there was no damage to the outside of the wall. There was a tree but it definitely was not close enough to cause this damage or noise. It was terrifying. It would only happen at night, just around when I was trying to sleep. I would often call my mother in and she would pretend that it was nothing to worry about, but I remember seeing the fear in her eyes. Needless to say, I did not like sleeping in my room at times. My mother had an obsession that her daughters would learn to play the piano. I was less interested... Specifically because whenever I played, I would imagine or see a figure leaning against the doorway listening to the music. I still remember that I sensed that it was a he. That he was a field worker of sorts with heavy boots and a love of music. He would cross his arms and legs while he would lean against the doorway. I had a vivid imagination, so I often tried to convince myself that it was just that, my imagination. But it would happen time and time again over the years... It wasn't negative. He felt rather peaceful, but it was scary. I hated playing the piano as a result. I'm the youngest of three, and over time my sisters grew up and left. My parents left on a trip when I was twelve, and it was just Sarah and myself. Remember how I described the long thinness of our house? Well, she slept pretty much on the opposite end of the house. I was terrified of sleeping alone because of the scratching, among other things. So I asked if I could stay in her room. She had a queen-sized bed that propped up against the wall. Sarah would sleep on the side closer to the door. It was perfect and comforting. And then it happened. I woke up with a start. The room was pitch black. I was wondering why I was so awake. I looked over Sarah to her nightstand where she had a glow-in-the-dark alarm clock. I still remember it said 2am. And then I saw him. This incredible apparition of a man. He seemed to be kneeling by the bed, gazing lovingly at Sarah while she slept. It was so strange. He reminded me of the man in American Gothic by Grant Wood, but with a squarer jaw and a wider face. I remember even seeing the stubble on his face, the closeness of his buzz cut, the wiriness of his glasses, and that he must have had blue or grey eyes. But he was grey and transparent. He also seemed to be wearing overalls and had what looked like an undershirt from the 1800s, you know, a very slight collar with a few buttons. It was odd to see this fully 3D figure that looked human but was not. I thought I must be dreaming and I closed my eyes but I could not sleep so I opened my eyes and looked over again the clock glowed 2.05 I felt a shiver that I still remember I definitely was not asleep at this point but the thing is he was still there looking lovingly but sternly at Sarah I was panicked What do I do? Should I wake her? What if he attacks or something? I pinched my eyes shut and willed myself to sleep, but it did not work. I opened my eyes again and cautiously looked at the alarm clock. 2.10. He was still there. But this time he was staring right at me. It was a cold, cold stare, unblinking. I was at this point full-on panicking. I wanted to scream but decided against it, so I just grabbed the pillow, put it over my face, and curled up next to Sarah, wishing for sleep. And I blacked out. The next time I opened my eyes, it was morning. I was terrified. I told Sarah everything. Sarah is also from Mexico, and we are a superstitious culture to say the least. There is no way that this ghost in New England would have known Sarah in real life. Needless to say, We stayed together until my parents came back. Years later, I met a girl in my extended neighbourhood that we can call Lee. Her family had deep roots in the area, and her father had inherited the estate on which our property had been built. Her family had not handled the estate well, so over time they parceled up the land and sold it. It used to be a farm for onions, which was typical of our area. This explains the mid-century development but equally, perhaps, the farmhand ghost that I saw. Lee used to tell me that the old mansion where she had lived, which had been torn down due to mismanagement, had been rife with ghosts and activity. I now wonder if the ghost that I saw when I was 12 and the piano ghost were the same one. Did he work for the estate? Did he die there? Was he just attached in some odd form to the land? He wasn't malicious, but I never wanted to encounter him again. As an addendum, I now live in Philadelphia. My husband Alex and I are members of Eastern State Penitentiary, which is a fantastic museum, archaeological site, and also learning center about mass incarceration. The place is huge. Not all of the wings and wards are open, and it is kept as a type of living ruin back in may 2021 they had extended their hours and teamed up with triple bottom brewing a brewery that employs a mix of people including formerly incarcerated and unhoused people to make a beer garden and a small craftivist fair we've been there several times this summer and always have a great time exploring the grounds and enjoying the stands one night we ended up by one of the wards that they keep closed to the public It is creepy beyond belief. Alex is a big-time sceptic, but indulges me with my love of the paranormal. As I was leaving, he motioned me over silently. I came closer and heard the unmistakable sound of water dripping in the distance, and footsteps. And sweeping. At 10pm on a Thursday, Alex stared at me and whispered, can you hear that? My blood ran cold and we slowly backed out. A few minutes later we decided to approach it again to see if it was just a fluke that a custodian was doing their work on a weird schedule. No dice. There was no more dripping water, no more footsteps. But we did see a couple of lights that turned off and on on their own. No footsteps, no human voices, nothing. Could it have been a fluke? Sure. Did we both leave feeling like we heard something that we shouldn't have? Absolutely. To quote Alex, I don't really believe in ghosts, but if they do exist, that place is 100% haunted. Interestingly Eastern State Penitentiary is one of the places that is on my list to do a main episode about it is often talked about as one of the most haunted places in America as many places often are but it's an interesting place definitely to say the least so thank you to Mary Kirsten and Francesca for your stories. Just a reminder that the last story was from August the fourteenth, twenty twenty. If you would like to send your own story in, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, we shall see you on Friday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen.